Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 175 of Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson, and we are back after another two-week hiatus. That's my fault, and it's not this man's fault, Mr. Rob Cox. Hey, Wazza. Yes, we're back, mate. We are back, baby. And uh, I'm chomping at the bit to uh, to get into it and to rip and tear. Well, that would have been the case last week. I think we had plenty to rip and tear into. Unfortunately... I'd rip and torn my back. Um, yep. I was in a world of hurt. I was laid out pretty much the whole week horizontally. Let's leave the jokes there. And, um, yeah, we're back with an episode that we like to call the full support of the board. So what do you think we might be talking about tonight then, Foxmith? I reckon we're going to talk about coaches at least once. <laughs> That's a good chance. And one particular coach, maybe? I reckon probably two or three, maybe four. There'll be a few. Basically, anybody not in the current top eight <laughs> is pretty much under... Uh, scrutiny, and there's probably one that who knows what the Dragons might do if they miss out. We'll talk about that, of course. We've got the Dragons and Manly suddenly looking very, very shaky, Cocksmith, mm. including a little uh, friendly um, agreement between you and I that uh, you were crowing about the Lux last week. We'll get to that after the break. Uh, and also, we will have an absolute plethora. Now, I don't use that word lightly, Cocksmith. A plethora of feedback. The segment, it's going off. People love the prize music. And I actually have I don't know if you can pick this up in the background. I don't know if you can hear that, everybody. I've got a prize bag tonight. Oh, that Lid, sounds like Lid. you're waving your undies around. I can't improve all that. Let's go to the break and be back with episode 175 of Not The Footy Show. I have put many beautiful piñatas in the storeroom, each of them filled with little surprises. Many piñatas? Oh, yes, many. Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? A what? A plethora. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have a plethora. Jefe, what is a plethora? Why, guapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. What does plethora mean? What we did was we found a way to stop them and found a way to win. And I suppose I'd probably rather, if truth be told, win a game like that than win by playing beautiful free-flowing footy because... For the younger guys to understand that that scramble D and just covering for your mate or backing him up at a time when you haven't put as good a performance as you could in, that's what rugby league's about. Okay, here we are, episode 175 of the Footy Show. Warren Nicholson on this side of the phone call and uh, Mr. NBN himself, Mr. Rob Cox at the other end. Mate, I hear things are just, they're going at the speed of light. The government's the greatest thing in the world. Is that pretty much what you said to me? Mate, the government has, has enabled me to download stuff at a lightning pace now so there's no stopping me i've got four laptops opened i'm streaming stuff i'm downloading stuff i'm creating a, a naughty little hard drive for grant treville in uh, the nrl mate it's all happening uh well speaking of all happening we have um an interesting top eight race again 
thanks to a couple of results over the last fortnight. Mm-hmm. Now, if we convene last Sunday, mate, um, a day after the Dragons had absolutely ripped Manly apart down there at Wollongong, mm. would have you even entertained the thought that the Dragons would miss out in the eight this year? Oh, look, the Dragons are going to make the eight, right? But but it, it was it was more solid last week than it is this week. But look, the thing is, is it's, it's the run home, mate. I mean, you know, we can get into that later, but it's the run Uber. home where we're sweet as a nut. Okay, okay. And I think you've identified ribs and rump as your uh, uh, preferred destination, Absolutely. I believe. Is that right? Yeah, well, there's, now, a, there's others, but I mean, look, I'm not going to go over the top. Ribs and rumps will be. No, 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 no. We'll go, we'll go wherever you want, mate. That's really? that's the condition of the agreement. Sorry, wherever, wherever you want to take me when Canberra get in there ahead of the Dragons. Currently, the top eight, uh, we thought it was pretty settled. It was pretty settled. Um, I did identify, I think, privately with you that Manly were the team I was worried about because they had a bit of a tough stretch in a double two- or three-week period. Mm-hmm. They got knocked off by the Dragons, and all of a sudden, the team looked like they were going to finish in the top four. Suddenly looked a bit real, looked really wobbly. Um, they're on 26 points, Manly. They're currently, I believe, in the position of, let me just open it up. Uh, they're in seventh spot. They're in seventh, yeah. They're on, they're on 26 points. They have a plus 23 differential. Uh, they're currently only two points behind the Eels and the Cowboys and Broncos. But the fact is, they're two points closer to the chasing pack than those other three teams. The rest of their draw, it's interesting. They've got the Roosters this weekend, which. Just judging by recent form, you have to favour the Roosters. Uh, Manly's biggest problem of late has been scoring points uh, and conceding them. It's the two worst things in the world as far as you're concerned with rugby league. Mm. But then they play the Tigers, the Bulldogs, the Warriors in a three-game stretch. Yeah. Look, they, they enter each one of those games as favourites. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And they end with the Panthers, and we'll talk about the Panthers soon. But the way that the table is now, Manly need at least two wins to get to 30 points. Mm-hmm. But... The reason I can't say that they're safe at this point, even if they win two of those games, is because they're only a plus 23. Uh, differential will come into this, I think, at the end of the day. I think 30 points will be the cutoff. But Manly, if they're not careful, um, that game against the Panthers in round 26 could decide a spot in the top eight. Mm. We shift to your team, the Dragons. What's their run home like, Coxman? Yeah, well, they've got Souths, they've got the Titans, they've got the Broncos, they've got the Panthers and the Bulldogs. And I can see them winning at least three of those games. And that will, I think, get them in. Because they're plus 75, the Dragons, it's a significant they're 40 better than um, the Panthers and the Raiders. They're uh, 50 better than Manly. Uh, that means that if they finish on 30 points, we think they're home. Mm-hmm. That means they've got to beat they've got to beat South this week. That's just a given. They have to win that game. Yep. Uh, the Titans, who were horrendous against the Tigers the other day, um, who knows what they'll produce. I think that's the danger game for mine. Yep. Uh, the Broncos in Brisbane. Yep. Um, I know McCulloch being injured is a, is a big factor for them, but that's no gimme. Then you've got the Panthers game, which I think, look, if you win that game, you pretty much probably knock out the Panthers as your um, direct competitors. So I think that's huge. And then the Bulldogs in round 26, you should win that. Yep. But we all know with the Dogs, sometimes they actually turn up and they yep. um, come to play, which I think was the case when um, those two teams played earlier in this year. Is that yep. right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Look, the so, dogs are one of those teams. They they probably turn up one in three weeks and um and look out whoever's playing against them because they can they can turn up. You know. So I think it's it's conservative to say. Look, I think Manly will get two wins at least. I think they'll beat the Tigers and the Bulldogs. They should beat the Warriors. They probably end up with thirty two points, but they conceivably could end up with thirty. 
the Dragons, they should beat the South, they should beat uh, the Bulldogs, and they should beat the Titans to get to uh, 30 points. Yeah. But that game against the Broncos and the Panthers back-to-back, and that Panthers game is huge. Hmm. That then means we turn to – so we, we, we think we agree that both teams should get to 30. Yeah. And that's fair enough. Then we've got the Panthers, who really hold all the aces in the pack, as far as I'm concerned, because not only are they only uh, the same amount of points as the Dragons on 24 – they also play both the Dragons and Manly, as we've alluded to, in their run home. So yeah. they have to play the Tigers, then the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Dragons, and Manly. Now, that is probably the toughest run of all the teams that are still alive. Yeah. But the fact is, they win out. They end up with 34 points. They win three games. They get to 30 points. Yeah. I can see them getting at least those three wins. And if those any of those wins come against the Dragons or Manly, I think the Panthers can, can jump. Well, here's the funny thing: is um, Manly could do the Dragons a favour in the last round, um, yep. and uh, and knock the Panthers out. They definitely got the harder run home. I'd rather be in the Dragons' position with the 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 better differential um, yeah. than the Panthers. But you know, the the Panthers have been playing pretty well in the last few weeks, so you can't you just can't draw a line through them, no matter what. Um, no. They're 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 a danger team. If they're on, they're on. They're they're a bit like the Bulldogs, except they seem to turn up a little bit more often than the Bulldogs. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, that's the worry. That's the worry for both the Dragons and Manly. That team. There. And the the factor here as well is that Matt Moylan, I think, will be back this week uh, mm. from a hamstring injury, and they also got Bryce Cartwright back last weekend. Mm. Um, they're two big ins at this time of year. Uh, they really are. I mean, they might lack a little bit up front now. Lilani Latu's busted his jaw, but. So yeah, those Panthers, I, I, I'd happily be in their position in some respects more than um, the Dragons. So I don't think the pressure's on the Panthers quite as much. They're the chasing team. Yeah, they just got to, they just got to win every game. The, the thing is with the Dragons, though, they're they're pretty much injury free. Um, yeah. And the Panthers have got a, a, a you know, Lalani Latu has been very good for them this year. That might stop Regan, Regan Campbell Gillard from coming off the bench, which he has been really sure. good in the last few weeks. He's been a very good impact player. So it's a little bit of a shake-up. Um, look, I, mate, I like the Dragons, as you know. They're, they're my favourite team, but the Panthers are probably in my top three or four. So whatever. Whatever happens, mate. I'll still, uh, I'll still ha- be having ribs and rumps on that. <laughs> yeah, you will be. Oh. You'd be paying. But uh, that, speaking of the, the payment factor, mm. the Raiders, they're on 20 points. Now, mm. we know that the chances of them getting in is extremely minute. Well, they've got to win every game, right? But they've got to win every game, yep. and that'll get them to 30 points. Yeah, name now, who they've got, was They've got the Sharks, they've got the Warriors, Panthers, Knights, and Storm. So hold on. They've got the Sharks at Shark Park. They've got the Warriors, the Warriors in, in Auckland. They've got the Warriors in Auckland. They've got the Panthers at home. They've got the Knights yep. at home, and they've got the Storm in Melbourne. They will not well, win those five games. Well, you know the Storm are going to rest all their great players because they'll have the minor premiership sewn up. So that's a win to Canberra. Uh, the, there's no way the Knights are going to win in Canberra this time. They've beaten us, I think, two of the last three times we've played. So that's a win. Uh, Panthers, the Panthers will just like choke. They'll, they'll get to that game. They'll get rid of the Tigers and Cowboys and go, whoops, we can afford a loss. I'll lose that game to Canberra. Yeah. That leaves this weekend. I mean, I'm I'm being I'm being stupid, everyone. But uh, if they beat the Sharks, I think, which I don't think will happen. But if they beat the Sharks, who knows? I mean, that's mm. it's the nature of of also what you've got to look at is the fact that teams get nervous. Um, and if Canberra get to yeah. you know 24 points and the Roosters still on 26 and the Dragons are on 26, who knows? Um, funny things can happen. Mm. That's pretty much. I think we both agree that um, it's out of those three teams. I think Panthers get in. Uh, one of those two teams, Manly or the Dragons, I think miss out. It won't be Canberra, but 
I just I think for the the way that that is last two weeks, which is Panthers versus both the teams they're chasing, I just I have a feeling that the Panthers might um, make one set of fans extremely upset. Mm. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, who knows? Who knows? I um... well, we do. That's that's the whole point of us talking. We're we're clearly you know giving that expert analysis and insight of five weeks of football that we clearly can predict. Speak for yourself. <laughs> we'll be back after the break. We're not talking top four. That's a discussion for another day with some uh, speculation on the uh, future of some coaches on not the future. Embarrassing and incompetent. You think they just played got the wrong? Definitely. I think anyone that knows rugby league would agree because the ball went back on the Nottingale one, which should have been overruled and it wasn't. And the bloke took a dive. Hodkinson took a dive and he wouldn't have got to the night, so... Is it especially disappointing considering that being a referee, the, the bunker, they've got time to look at it and, and go back in? Yeah, it is. When you spend millions of dollars, it is, yeah. Will you seek an explanation? Yeah, I will. Definitely. Mate, I'm going to have a 200-gram steak, um, probably a full rack. Um, I might even go dessert. I'm not too sure. Well, what's the dessert like at Ribs Dinner? Oh, who cares? I'm not paying, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I might even have a few beers. Do you reckon you could throw an Uber right. onto my bill for me? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Not the footy show. Okay, everybody, it is time for the second segment of the footy show. We are adopting a bit of a streamlined approach as the season winds down, Cocksmith. I think you and I both agree it's the, it's the better approach. Yes, yes, I like it. I'm... Um... I'm very much a fan of trying to keep it under an hour because um, I've got stuff to do, as you do. Yeah. The beauty of this podcast, every time we record everyone, is that Cocksmith, he's, he's very nice. He puts together the, the audio recording and um, with the breathing or no breathing. I'm not sure how that works uh, with the NBN, but essentially then I sit on the uh, computer for an hour and a half and edit the thing. But, you know, as long as Cocksmith's there to able to sit down, pluck his guitar and, um, yep. I don't know, watch whatever you're watching. Uh, happy days. Yep. Speaking of happy days, Desmond Hasler. Yep. He re-signed Star of the Year, uh, another two-year deal after they beat the Broncos. And um, things haven't really gone to plan since then, I'd say, Cocksmith. Um, I sent you a link a bit earlier, and there's a, there's a couple of quotes from the, uh, the chairman of the, the rugby league board there at Canterbury. And um, what was the gist you felt? I'll read them out after you've given the gist. What was the gist of Ray Dibbs' comments? Oh, he's, he's just saying that, that Desi's got the full backing of the board. But how many times do we hear that? And then, you know, end of season, they're gone. I'm pretty sure the last Canterbury coach that had that full backing mm. um, got sacked about two weeks later in uh, Kevin Moore. Mm. I'll give you the quote now, everybody. This is, this is direct from the Herald uh, from Dib. He goes, we've got to talk about the facts here. No, we are not looking at sacking Des. Des has signed a new two-year deal, a new contact, contract extension. There have been no other discussions that have taken place on his future since he signed a contract with the board. You hear these rumours and innuendo, and I'm telling you, they are just rumours. People will say, I've heard it from this bloke inside or this director, but I can assure you there has been no discussion from the league's club or football club board of directors. Um, you've got it in front of you there, Cocksmith. Mm. What, is that, what, is the, what are the quotes from Ray Dib end with? Um, so he ends with, uh, at the end of the season, we'll sit down and review. We're disappointed. This current board is determined to return the Bulldogs to where they need to be as leaders of the game. Well, if, that doesn't, if that's not an asterisk under everything that he said above that, um, you know, that, that's, that's, 
uh, what he's saying is is that the board will make the decision at the end of the, the season. We're the disappointed. Season. Yep, we're that's the word. We're, dis- we're disappointed is just the, 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 the number one word in there. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I don't know, do you reckon if you become the chairman of a, of a Lees club or a football board or whatever, you have to sit down and actually go through how to say these kind of comments? Do you oh, reckon yeah. there's like, there's yeah. like a form that you just fill the players, that the coach's name in at the front of it and just say, yeah. we really believe in him. And then at the end, we'll review. Yeah. That's- yeah, look, and, he, and he's got to leave himself some wiggle room. And that's what he did with that last um, couple of sentences. You know, um, it, we've got to have an escape clause, which is, um, you know, the current board is determined to return the Bulldogs to where they need to be. Um, but we're disappointed. As leaders of the game. That's yeah. the bit that I love. That means yeah. we need more wins, basically. Yeah. Um, now, my flight mate is a huge Bulldogs fan. Mm. Um, he's been sitting under the, the Hazler regime for the last however many years it's been, and he's never been a fan. He was disappointed when they signed him. The fact remains, they won. They played two grand finals on the Des. Uh, obviously, they lost both of them, but uh, he's actually delivered some some results. Now, yeah. the one thing that I don't think you can say, though, is that he hasn't evolved this team. I think that's probably the biggest uh, knock on Des Hasler. Um, he inherited a team that had just started Ben Barber out and the journey to that net flash in the pan in some respects as it was. But mm. um, the way that he, he set his team up, it, it took advantage of that brilliance of, of Ben Barber. In the years since, particularly the 2014 grand final, I think we've seen a team that just hasn't changed. And look, I hate sounding like you know all the answers and, and we don't, but if you're watching the Bulldogs right now, it has to be a soul crushing experience as a Bulldogs fan because, I mean, you remember him probably a little better than I do, uh, Cocksmith, but they were known as the entertainers and mm. he's certainly a not that team. No, they're not. They're, they're, they, I remember a couple of years ago they started to they started to go real sideways with their forwards. Their forwards were all playing like 5'8". Um, yep. I think that was the beginning of, of the end. But uh, Well, when I say the end, that was the beginning of the change from when they went from a typical attacking style. I, I do feel sorry for Des in one way. He's he's had a couple of players in there that haven't really fired in their positions, and they're quite quite critical positions. Um, so I, I do feel a little bit sorry for Des. Um, I've, I've, mate, I've never even spoken to Des Hasler. I have no idea what he's like as a person. I know he's an ex-school teacher, so I can only guess. But he... he He's very unique, obviously. Um, yep. I, I do feel a little sorry for him. I, I, I'm not sure if he's the fit for, for this club. I think he was a great fit for Manly. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not sure if he's a good fit. I just wonder if they do replace him. The big question for me is if they do replace him, do 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 Foran and Woods, the, the big signings that are coming mm-hmm. over, do they have clauses in their contract that would say – we're only, you know, that if Des isn't there, we need to be notified or, you know, we need, uh, that's our escape clause. And interestingly enough, if it is an escape clause for them, who would sign them now at this later yeah. date um, for anything near the money that they would have been offered at the Bulldogs? What are your thoughts on that? That's a very good point. If you're, the, if you're either player, I think the Hasler factor is a reason they've gone there. A foreign, especially, has gone there because he wants to play on Des Hasler. Mm. Uh, he played his best football at Manly under him. Um, Woods was an interesting decision because they've got about they had about eighty five front rowers on contract when they signed him. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think either player would struggle to find a new deal. As you say, the more question is about how much they would get. It wouldn't surprise me if they had something in there that foreign just stayed at the Warriors. I could see that happening. Right. Um, because I think he probably might feel like he's got a little bit more to give to him after obviously having a 
bit of an up and down year for them. I think he's been. I, I still can't believe he's actually leaving the Warriors. Mm. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, I look at this from. There was a comment in there from from Dib in the article, just on the Herald website. Everybody, if you want to look at it, um, Pete spoke about you know both these players are going to come in, have their impact on the team. Um, but that was very much about their impact on the team, not how Des would then utilize them in their team. Yeah. So I think I think you can probably much take it as that they will be there next year. I don't have any doubts really um, that they'll instill any contract clause. The big question, I guess, out of all that is who would they actually sign to be coach? Well, mate, I think I think Jim Dimmick, um, you know, he he's an assistant coach there. He he was their interim coach for a little while. They do like to promote from within. Um, uh, I know that you've got someone else in mind. Who was that? I think um, Dean Pay mm. is a big chance because he is a favourite son. Although he did leave him to go to Para all those years ago. Yeah. Um, but he is he is the the essence of you know the hard man kind of uh, factor that I think just Canterbury seems to just gravitate towards. Right. Um, I think he'd be the guy that they might go for, but it is a very open question. Uh, the bigger question that we obviously just addressed is, is he actually in trouble? We think he is because of those comments from the uh, chairman and also the CEO, uh, Roland Castle, is moving on at the end of the year as well. So mm. the person that signed him uh, is leaving. Uh, the person who endorsed that signing has just said he has the full support of the board. I think that pretty much sums up um, how good a chance that uh, Desmond has to be there next year. Yeah. There are some other questions, though, that we need to quickly ask about the other teams that aren't going to make the finals. Yeah. I think there are two people that are safe for next year for sure, and that's Nathan Brown. Yes, safe. Knights, he will get uh, the best part of at least half a year, if not the full season next year, to play with his new toys. Yep. They've just signed Connor Watson. Uh Guerra heads up there next year. They've got Kenny Dow. Ponga arrives, who's just an absolute gun. Uh, they've got some pieces. I think their four pack still the question mark, although the Sabidi brothers were outstanding on the weekend. Yeah. Um, he'll get another year to do that. Ivan Cleary's safe as well. Yeah. Uh, they will um, give him the full season and full preseason to do what he wants to do there. Um, good luck to those two. I think Neil Henry's safe uh, because of what the Titans achieved last year mm. uh, with less resources. Uh I think they've really not got a lot of mileage out of Kevin Proctor in particular, who was a big signing for them. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, their, disappoint, their performance on the weekend was just horrid. But I think he gets brought back for another year. And I think he might be instrumental in holding on to Ash Taylor as well. Yeah. I think if you sack uh, Neil Henry, Ash Taylor might look elsewhere. That leaves two coaches yeah. who I think just have to be by the nature of their team's performances under pressure. I'm not saying they're going to get sacked, but... Stephen Carney at the Warriors and Michael Maguire at South. Who's under more pressure, Coxsmith? Uh, I'd say Maguire. I'd say Maguire's under under a fair bit of pressure, only because they won the premiership in in um, twenty fourteen, and um, uh, three years later they're not going to make the finals. Uh, and look, Maguire's a very good coach. Don't, don't get me wrong, but he's known as a hard coach. He's known yep. as he he's. Among the players, um, it's well known that he flogs the players. Um, they don't get a lot of time off. They don't get a lot of a lot of break. Um, I'm not saying that that's what a footy season's for, by the way. But it's he's he's got his own coaching style, um, and um, I yeah I I'd say he's under he's going to be under a fair bit of pressure. I don't know if Carney's going to be or Kearney, whatever they call him, he's going to be under. Pre- too <laughs> no, much. I never get it right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually Kearney. Um, Kearney Carney. I, I don't think he's going to be under any pressure until probably the end of next year. Um, yeah. And then when he finds himself out of the eight, which they will do, he will find himself under pressure then. 
Um, but Michael Maguire would probably be the one that's um, going to feel just as much pressure. Um, it's been a disappointing year by any measure, I would suggest. Yeah, there's there's an element to the, the Maguire story that I think speaks to what you're saying in regards to the hardness factor. And look, he's he's come from the uh, Craig Bellamy school of coaching. Mm. Um, I don't think uh, unless you are absolutely outstanding, you get any breaks from from Maguire. Is basically the way I read that that sort of um, coaching style. Yep. I look at the Burgess brothers. All right. I look at George Burgess in particular. Mm. We have not seen him play well for coming up on three years. Yeah. Um, he was he was borderline like best prop in the world the year that they won the comp. He was phenomenal that year. He was a tear away. Yeah. Now, what he did in the offseason on the rest of it, who knows? Uh, maybe he came back unfit, whatever it is. But in three years, Maguire has not inspired him or found a way to inspire him to come back to the form that needed to be. That, to me, is just a big worry because they would be investing a lot of money into George Burgess. I think Tom's been serviceable. I think this year's probably been his worst year for a couple of years. But both those players, the physical tools that they are, I mean, sometimes you just get run down and that's the way it is. But that speaks to sort of your point in regards to how they're flogged. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's found an answer with those guys. And unfortunately, this year, they've had some decent performances and some really good performances. Crichton's been a fine for him. Burgess, Sam Burgess has been his normal, excellent self. Yeah. I think John Sutton's had a decent year. Reynolds hasn't played too badly, but... My big, I mean, and we, we speak about this, and this is my worry about South, and I identified it before. You were shooting the game on Saturday at um, ANZ, yeah. and what, what was the thing that I said? If Canberra win that game, they needed to do the whole match. Yeah, you 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 identified that you don't like their edge defence, um, whether it be their centres or their second rowers um, on the edges there. So, uh, and, and they just got they got ripped apart. What's that? They just got ripped apart. And yeah, I don't know. I, for a guy who has that that that. Uh, reputation as you know my teams are going to fight and, and whatever it just seems like something's missing there at the yeah. moment and um, I think he'll get this off season to try and ride it but if they start poorly again next year I think Maguire's gone mm. yep yeah bring Piggins back I say <laughs> that's a good one quickly on uh, Stephen Kearney Carney mm. uh, what worries me the most about his first year with the Warriors is that I've seen no change in how they play no they haven't changed they haven't changed at and all. They are brittle defensively, and they rely on uh, Sean Johnson to be all world every week to win matches. Mm. Uh, Foran's really put his hand up in the last couple of weeks to try and dig him out. But um, it, it seems to me they take really good players over there and they they recruit them and turn them into average players. Well, this worries me about Tohu Harris. I love Tohu Harris. Tohu Harris is in like my top ten favorite players because of what he can do. Across the park, yeah, and I hope he doesn't turn into a pumpkin over there. He's a he's a great footballer. Mm. Um, but I mean, it, they've they've Ryan Hoffman will move on at the end of the year. There's a good chance that Bowden Thompson may not be around again at the end of next year. Yeah. I think they needed to re they need to reinvent that forward pack in particular. Um, I think they haven't got a great amount of value out of Isaac Luke, um, who I think is a good footy player, but yeah. he just hasn't had the impact. But that's that's more my point. I don't. I haven't seen anything from the way they play that either that really maximizes Isaac Luke's impact on the team. Um, and I'm just yeah, they're a disappointing football side. Uh, mm. and that's the, the question with Carney is or Kearney or Carney, is that um, if they again start poorly next year, I don't think that um, Jim Doyle will be patient. I think he will be gone. I'm getting I'm getting ruthless here. Yeah, mate. Well, you know what? It, it um, they need someone in, in they need to some get someone there that's gonna make um, an impact straight away and hold that impact and improve the 
improve the team because it, it just hasn't it hasn't happened with the last three coaches. So and you know what? No, well, you know what? His name was Ivan Cleary. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So exactly. What, what I mean, but Ivan's not going anywhere, mate. He's driving a bus around Balmain and Leichhardt somewhere. <laughs> he is. Uh, just quickly, uh, as we leave that segment, everybody, there's a. Uh, I'll see if I can find it and post it on the, the Facebook page, but. Um, Oh, Balmain's Leagues Club. Balmain Leagues Club, Cocksmith. Mm. Uh, did you ever frequent that place in the past? No, never cut the rug there, mate. I should have. Well, nobody's pretty hot women around there. Balmain. Dawn right Fraser. Uh, yeah, come on, name another one. Um, I don't know. Doesn't Bob nope. Down live there? <laughs> if anybody knows who we're talking about, they're doing, doing very well. Uh, um, but Car- there's, Carlotta? Been, <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Um, isn't there like a real Housewives of Leichhardt or something? I'm sure there's something like that. I don't bet. Um, anyway, the uh, the Reese Club it's been it's been derelict for I don't know a while, mm. and um, there's some somebody's gone in and taken some photos, and there's a really disheartening photo of almost the foyer. It's got the, the old awesome Balmain Tigers logo on the ground, and there's just graffiti everywhere. It's just mm. like a bomb's gone off, but it's just a sad. Wow. Sad turn of events in regards to all of that. Uh, we'll be back with some, uh, hopefully, some interesting turn of events with your feedback and the prize music on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Hey, by the way, story before you say anything, are you playing with your mic? Yep, this time it was my mic that was ordinary. Uh, I fixed it, I think, for the last segment, so hopefully it's no longer annoying. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm a lot dumber than you thought that I think that I thought I was once. Okay, it's time for Not The Footy Show feedback, uh, emails, uh, Facebook posts, Twitter posts, uh, the famous WhatsApp group that gives me all my questions every week. Uh, and we are going to start with our our friend, Matty Tuckett, who I believe was from Brisbane, but he could be overseas at the moment. I'm not 100% sure. I think he he's, is. Given us, he's given us a cracking question, Cocksmith. Yep. Uh, do you want to just hit us up with a question? Yep. Matty Tuckett says, you're both on the ARLC. You have to move two clubs out of Sydney. Who are they? And where do you take them? Pull no punches, gents. I'm going to let you start off with this one, Cocksmith, because oh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm going to—I reckon, I reckon I'm going to have a totally opposite view to you. Okay, so I heard about that question this afternoon, and while I had a, a few free minutes, I quickly had a look. The, the big determining factor for me is, um, and it's and it's brutal, but who's got the who's got the most members? Okay, yep. um, now. Of, of all the clubs that are that are in the comp, um, the the two the, the the ones that have got the least club members that I noticed that are in kind of like in Sydney anyway um, would be the Sharks. The Sharks are one. Um, now I do have it here. Uh, the Sharks are one, and um, uh, the other one that I noticed was well, it wasn't the Tigers. Uh, I thought it was the Tigers. No, it's not. Um, anyway, look, I'd take the Sharks. Um, I know that's that's brutal. They premiers only last year. I know that they've got lots of people down there that turn out on a Saturday night and love it. Um, but if you were forced to take someone out of Sydney, I'd I'd probably take the Sharks. And if I'm going to take another one, I'm probably going to take. Well, I'm I'm not going to take St George because they've been pushed a little bit from pillar to post with the amalgamation and it's not because I go for them or anything like mm. that it's just that um, if you want to just really destroy a club um, that would be the best way about it um, you can't take South they've got so many followers you know um, whatever um, it, it very well could be the Tigers um, the Tigers might be 
up for a uh, you know a, a, maybe a shift to um, to Western Australia, West Tigers. See what he mm. did. See what he did. Oh, mate. You like that? I, the Western Bulldogs play out of Perth as well, don't they? Of oh, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, I there's a there's a couple there, but if I had to, if I was push push come to shove, um, it'd be it'd be two of th- two of three. It'd be either the Tigers, the Bulldogs, or the Sharks. Um, and if I and if I really if you really put the blowtorch on me, I'm going to take the Tigers and the Sharks. Wow. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to pull no punches and say none. Now the reason I say none is because I don't think you can take any teams out of Sydney. No, no, no. Hold on. Maddie Tuckett <laughs> asked you to take. You have to move two clubs out of Sydney. Yeah. Don't <laughs> dodge. <laughs> don't dodge and weave. Let me finish. Yeah. That doesn't mean they can't play half their games elsewhere. You've got to take I, him out I, of Sydney, mate. You're avoiding his question. <laughs> Naturally. Um, what I would do is I would say uh, that I agree with the Sharks. I think they have to play half their games in another capital city somewhere. Which uh, one? And I, Which one? I, I'd probably move, I'd move the Sharks to... Gee. Is Sutherland a city? Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'd, I'd, move, I'd move them to... Around, if you were going to start a new team, I'd play them as the West, whatever, and I'd play uh, three of their games in Adelaide, and I'd play nine of their games in Perth. That's what I would do if I was setting up a new team. Right. Failing that, as happening, I would make two of the teams. If you've got to move them out of Sydney from the whole of their um, existence, I would play one in Adelaide and um, Adelaide and Darwin as a split, and then I would play one team out of Perth. That's where I'd move them if I had to move them for even if it was half a season or whatever. Right. The two teams I'd send, I'd send the Roosters and I would send the Tigers. Yeah, well, I, I, and, I, and, and the Sharks and the. I, well, I, I thought about the Roosters as well because yeah. that they've got such a small um, uh, kind of area to pull juniors from. Um, they could be a, a nice fit to be because um, I, I think Queen, I think I think not maybe not so much Brisbane but Queensland need another team. Um, I don't yeah. know about that. I'll really? be honest. I'm, you don't not, know? I'm, not, I'm not sold on that one. I really am not sold. I would prefer to be playing the, the Roosters six games in Sydney and six games in Adelaide mm. than I would What's moving What's with them. Adelaide, mate? What's it's with got Adelaide? A it's got a facility that you can... They had 27,000 there, or what it was, for the um, Roosters and the Storm. Mm. They've got a facility that is amazing, and it is foolish not to have a presence there, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but it, it, they got 27,000 because it's the first time they've played there in years. Yeah, um, well, if you if you keep going that attitude, we're going to play one game there every year or every three years. Well, that's not... I'd like to see them take a couple of games there a year and it, it, it doesn't have to be the Roosters. Um, yep. But, but look, I, I really do think Queensland have to have another team because I don't think, you know, no one has really embraced the Titans as a Queensland team. Um, you know, they're, they're really a New South Wales kind of a, a border team. Um, so it's kind of hard for anyone to really gravitate towards them. Um, you know, when I say, I know they do get a, a, sometimes a decent crowd there, but um, if you're a New South Welshman, you probably look at them as a Queenslander. If you're a Queenslander, you probably look at them as a New South Wales team. Yeah. So it's, it's a really hard, I know that they need a team there to counteract the AFL and whatnot. Um, but I think north of Brisbane, um, you know, maybe Sunshine Coast. or Sunshine something, Coast. Something yeah. like that. Um, would be a, a great fit for a team. The Sunshine Coast Sharks. What about that? Yeah. 
Hey? Yeah. Gal would love it up there. He could be up there with his old man. Oh, he'll still be playing by the time he's 58. So, you know, there's still hope for him to play up there. Of course he will. Uh, boxing in the off-season and playing in... So, in I, I guess what we're, we're coming back to is that I reckon there's an argument that, yes, Matt, you could you could split up the home games of, of teams and take them out elsewhere. Mm. I don't think we'll ever have a situation where clubs move part and parcel and just completely leave Sydney. I just don't see that happening. Mm. Um, but I think there is definitely a case. I think for the Brisbane argument, I think they need a new team. Uh, they're called the South Queensland Crushers and bring them back. Uh, but I don't think I don't think a transplant team would work up you there. Want to bring back the Crushers? Call them the Choo Choo's. I don't care what you call them. Um, but I think you need a, a fresh. They need a fresh team up there to own. Uh, I think that's the the biggest challenge that you're going to have. I don't think a team like the Sharks or the Brewsters or whatever. The only team that apparently we keep hearing is that there's a million Dragons fans up in uh, Brisbane. Well, there are. Yeah, that's the only other team that you could you could move up there from that point of view. Mm. I don't think I've really answered the question. You've at least had a real crack. Mm. Uh, you settled on the uh, Tigers and the Sharks. Is that right? I settled on the Tigers and the Sharks, but only because I was forced to make a decision while you sat on the fence and got splinters in your ass. I love a good splinter. That's well what done. I looked at last week. Well done. Uh, if I had to pick two teams, though, I would probably move East and... Look, I'll go to one reason why I, I think it's the Sharks over the Tigers. Game one of this year was a Thursday night against Brisbane, reigning premiers, and they got 9,000 people to the ground. Mm. I'm sorry, Sharkies fans, that is horrendous so yeah you can go to Adelaide uh next question uh out of that is there were two new ARLC commissioners uh Cocksmith do you know their names I only know their names because I'm reading it here in front of me mate um you didn't I've, have to give that away buddy you I've never I've never heard of the first uh lovely lady I'm sure she's well qualified to be on the commission and obviously there is an ex-premier there as well so the the lady is Professor Megan Davis and the ex-premier is the Honourable Peter Beattie, AC. It was the former uh, premier of Queensland. Queensland, yeah. And they've joined the commission immediately. The good, uh, I, firstly, I say good luck. Hmm. Huh. Me too. Wish you all the best. Yep. Uh, to the ones that have departed, who I um, actually, probably should have done the research, who actually has left, but uh, I've had nothing but good things to say about the people on that commission. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough in the 2014 uh, Four Nations to spend some time with those people. Uh, excellent people. Um, I'm a junket. I will say. That was one of the best things ever. Yeah. Um, I think the most expensive dinner I've ever been at. Five-star uh, restaurants every night. Those. No wonder you love them. Oh, they were fantastic. Love your work. And John Grant, you're a champion. Um, <laughs> you legend. Uh, <laughs> but Beatty apparently is the man potentially he could take over from Grant. Um, I'm not sure about that one, but we'll see. Uh, I also have a shout-out to Jason King. You remember Jason King, don't you? Yes. Yes, I... Uh... Uh, I do remember Jason King, a wonderful prop for the manly uh, Warringah Seagulls. Good bloke, Jason Yep, King. he's now, uh, he's, he's been elevated. He's uh, He uh, got his uh, lawyer degree from, from what I remember, and um, wow. he was doing some work at uh, in the events team around projects in regards to uh, state governments and, and, and the like uh, at the NRL there when I was there. Mm-hmm. He's now been promoted to the new, the new GM of elite competition. So yep. he's effectively the 2IC to Brian Canavan. Um, who is head of football at the NRL. So good luck to you, Jason King. He's a fantastic fella mm. and um, one of those people that you're kind of glad is in those kind of roles yep. uh, at the NRL. Quickly, before we get to the WhatsApp 1,000 questions, yep. uh, the York City Knights have finally given a defeat to the Toronto Wolfpack. Did you know about this, Cocksmith? I don't know what you said then. Is that soccer? <laughs> no, I be. know who the Toronto Wolfpack is. <laughs> 
Good on. Um, so no, I didn't hear about that result, though. Uh, it's the first first time that the Toronto team has been beaten. Mind you, they had signed uh, Josh McCrone, so the solution, <laughs> they'll go undefeated next year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now, the prize cupboard. Now, you you kept promising everybody that there'd be um, I've got some sort of prize. I've got something. I'm not, I'm not releasing it yet. Not okay. Releasing. I, I got to my desk this morning. Yeah. Um, and there's been a bit of a overhaul in the... Uh, the company that I'm at um, in regards to one of the agencies that work out of the company mm-hmm. and they had a cupboard that got empty right. and I'm pulling out I'm pulling out legitimate merchandise here right merchandise that I've ever picked up at the NRL yeah I have a Queensland Maroons two Queensland Maroon 100th game caps right this is like from 2014 um, that home game in um Lang Park that they got smashed by the Blues. What? So sorry, say it again. You got the hundredth game. You got a hundred. It's a special one-off cap that was made to commemorate the hundredth game right. of Origin. Yeah. I got two of those. Yeah. I'm not, I told you it was prize prize covered worthy. Wow. Um, that's actually pretty good. I have, I have a New South Wales Blues hat that doesn't look quite as nice from that same year. Mm-hmm. I also have two little flags that you put on cars. You know those little flag flaggy car things. Yeah. With a special Queensland. Very special Queensland uh, embroidered logo on, right. um, which is a bit different than the normal one that you see. Wow. So that is going in the prize prizes pool for this uh, thing that we're not really doing anymore. Okay. But if if you like it, everybody, seriously, I'm happy to donate, uh, particularly those two hats. I think they're they're actually kind of collected items, especially given New South Wales um, smashed them in that game. But mm. we do have legitimately something that if you are a Queensland huge Queensland fan, just just write to us, put a review up, and I'm happy to send them out to you. I think that'd be a good thing to have if you are that way inclined. What do you think, Coxman? I like it. I like it. The other the other thing that I'd like to um, to, to maybe uh, speak about offering is um, uh, is why, why don't we why don't we take one of our loyal listeners to dinner when you buy me uh, ribs oh. and rumps. I like that idea. That's fantastic. I mean, it's everything except for the payment element, but the, the yeah. concept, the concept's solid. Mm. Um, I'm all for that. So, uh, you know, is, is it just one of them, or do we sort of, we pay we pay for one? They can bring them. They can bring a friend and pay for them. How's that sound? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, well I'm I'm happy to split you on the on the person and the prize winner. I'm happy to do that. So why don't we? Um, it yeah. I mean, but look, it, it's got to be a cracking comment. Like, if it's crap. You're not coming to dinner with me because I'll be annoyed all night. <laughs> and I'll t- oh, and I'm no fun you. to be around when I'm annoyed. <laughs> if you haven't, if you don't impress Cox within three seconds, yeah, uh, your night's over. Yeah, basically. it's got to be. Uh, look, it's got to be a cracker. I want, I want a cracking comment. Um, all right, but if, you know, you know, look, if it's if it's SH1T, then don't bother, don't bother. Make it, a, right. make up a good one. All right. We'll go. We'll go to the, uh, the the comments from the WhatsApp group. These boys, they come through with the goods every single time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to run through these really quickly. Go, uh, Cocksmith. Go. Some time. Uh, it's a question from Fun Dave. He says, "How legitimate was the Sharks' premiership last year, given it was a softer comp?" Oh, you want me to answer that? Yep. As legit as they come, mate. They beat Melbourne in a grand final. That's all there is to that. If they had a beaten, you know, if it, if it have if it had been a twist of fate where they had a beaten the eighth place team. If, if the eighth place team had to jag their way through, whoever that was, and I don't know who it was, but then you could maybe say that it was soft. But mate, they beat Melbourne. They beat Melbourne in a grand final. It, it, it's not. There's no soft grand final when Melbourne are playing. I'm telling you now. Uh, we've got our UK correspondent Mike Lamb. He says refs in the UK are sponsored by the opticians chain Specsavers. Yep. 
And he makes the comment that they should be the true sponsor of some of the clubs. Boom Tish, doing some material. Mm. Mikey Lamb, <laughs> I like it. Mm. Uh, another question. Uh, this is from Nobby. He says, Ricky Stewart has had some level of success at every club he's been to. Yep. Why is there such dislike for him in the rugby league community? Look, Ricky's one of those polarizing guys, I think. Um, if, you, if you're if you in with Ricky, you're in, baby. You yep. are in. He, he takes you inside the circle of trust and everyone else is on the outside. Um, and, and that's, I think that's just, that's Ricky. I don't know if he does it as a ploy or if he does it, I think it's just him. He's a, I know I've seen him be a very warm, welcoming, nice bloke and, and the kind of bloke you'd love to have a beer with and the kind of bloke you really want on your side. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you finish that, yep. can we invite Ricky Stewart to dinner? Yeah, I'd, I'd, mate, I'd love to go to dinner with Ricky. If you, I, I reckon, I reckon if you got Ricky, one on one or two on one, he'd oh. be fantastic. I reckon yep. he'd be great company at dinner. I really do. Look, but but here's the thing. On the polar opposite of that is if you, if you're on the outer, well, you may as well be dead. Good luck. Yeah, dead to him. You know, uh, and, and that's that's Ricky wears his heart on his sleeve, and and he doesn't you know he doesn't pull any punches, and he's he's. He's Ricky Stewart. That's the way he is, and that's the way he's always been. I've, you know, I mean, I haven't had a lot of dealings with Ricky Stewart, but the, every one of them I've had have either been very good or very bad, and and that's just <laughs> the way he is. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of love for him out there, but as much love, there's probably a lot of dislike as well, and that's just the way he's, he polarizes people. He does. Uh, I think from the the record point of view, I think everyone has extremely short memories when it comes to Ricky Stewart. Uh, another one from Mikey Lamb. He's on fire. He says, Toronto is getting crowds. The Wolfpack are getting crowds of 7,000 people to watch third-tier rugby league in Toronto, Canada. Uh, should it be a massive worry for the NRL that the Roosters drew less to play the Knights on a Friday night a few weeks back? <laughs> Mate, um, uh, uh, Steve Mascord wrote something very interesting on his blog, I think it was, uh, a few weeks ago. Look him up on Twitter and... and yes. and have a read of it and he, and he basically talks about a world competition um, which which you know in his mind anyway theoretically could go up against um, an NRL competition now nobody wants to see uh, NRL Super League Wars like we had in the ARL days um, yep. but but it was food for thought it really was um, and because Steve is very much an advocate for expansion of the game into a world game um, much much like rugby union is um, his way of thinking I think is that if, 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 if a country plays rugby union they should be playing rugby league um, Correct. Because it's a better game, um, and and that goes without saying. But uh, look, it, it's a very interesting read. If you can if you can get onto to Mascord's um, Twitter account, he he definitely brings up a few really good points. Yeah, I think we actually might uh, once uh, Steve Mascord has finished his uh, super duper international book tour. Yep. Uh, we will have him on to speak about that book. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> At some point to. in the near future, he's, uh, he's a top fella, Steve Mascord. Um, and he's going to be worth having on. Uh, A couple of extra questions to bring us home. Uh, These are quality. Uh, Nico wants to ask, is listening to an audio book really reading? Yep. Yeah, it is. It is? Well, okay. I'm I'm going to break it down. It's not reading, but you're actually taking in the information. Um, uh, I I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm driving. I don't listen to much radio or music these days. I'll listen to podcasts um, if I had to, or not if I had to. If I if I wanted to, I'd listen to an audio book. So, uh, yeah, I reckon you. I still reckon you're getting the information in. Um, 
in in uh, one way or another, whether you're reading or not. It's lazy. It's definitely lazy. But that suits me down to the ground. Uh, yeah, yep. It's a great idea. You don't have to hold the book. You don't have to run your eyes across the page. You sit back, open your ears. We're all good. I must admit, I'm reading a book right now. I know. Shock horror. Really? But I am, I am loving... Mate, I, I still have them at, back in my parents' house somewhere. They're going to the kids at some stage. Okay. Uh, if they open and they don't fall apart when you open them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love getting to that end of that page and then flicking to the next page. That's There's uh, just something really? yeah. primal about, you know, moving on to the next page mm-hmm. um, and then realizing that you've only got 20 pages left and feeling really sad. Uh, one more question from Glenn uh, from the WhatsApp group, and then we wrap up these guys. Yeah. Uh, he goes, how do you celebrate the 10-year anniversary of a premiership that was taken off you? Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that one. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Melbourne don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> Melbourne don't want to talk about the lost premierships. They, I don't think that they recognise it internally. I think if you were a fly on the wall in a in a Melbourne um, team meeting, they would not um, talk about the premierships that they lost. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they recognise the losing of the premierships. What's interesting, though, is a lot of history books don't... Um, recognize any super league um uh it's very interesting isn't it? uh, yeah none of the none of those tri-nations caps nothing mm. yeah yeah none of those none of those tri-nations caps or um uh, what, what remind me because it only went for one year what did they do in in origin they had queensland new south wales and, and new, zealand. new zealand yeah um, it, was, it was actually quite gripping it was it was arguably the best game of that entire super league season was the final Right, uh, with the no goal, thought field goal in about the 185th minute. Um, from memory, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, Dave Middleton is the one that you would ask that question to as to why that is not included. Uh, he's pretty much the keeper. Do, of, do they include? Mel- uh, do, they, do they include Brisbane's um, premiership as a premiership? I think they've relented and given that, but that's pretty much the uh, the grand total of um, things that they recognise out of that season. What about cat? What about games? What about games for someone like? Andrew? Yeah, that's that's that they considered as quite games for Brisbane or whatever. Okay, they, right. No, none of the none of the representative football is right. recognised. So, so when you look at Laurie Daly's um, uh, Origin caps, none of those Super League, the three games or the two games, whatever he played, they don't count. I actually, don't think he, from memory, I thought he did. You just bring it up, and um, but yeah, those things aren't included in his New South Wales record. Right, uh, okay. they are included. So I'm looking at rugby league project right now. Yeah. And he played um, all three games in that year in '97. Yeah. Uh, he also played five Super League tests. Yep. Uh, and they're not included as part of his uh, test matches. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that's that's a strange thing to me. I, I would have thought that they would count. They're 80 minutes of football uh, in an elite competition, and um, I would suggest to you that the Super League competition of '97 was harder than the ARL competition of '97. Oh. 100%. So, anyway, uh, yeah. we should move on from that. My view on that, everybody, is that uh, one thing I will say is that, and I know these people, I won't use them by name, but there were some interesting tweets coming out from that luncheon in regards to the words premiership. That's all I will say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple of questions uh, on Facebook, and look, this has been it's amazing what happens. When you ask for, for feedback mm-hmm. like an hour before you record, it's amazing how quickly people react. When you have six uh, weeks off, the questions build up, mate. <laughs> they do. Um, I posted on the Not The Footy Show Facebook page. I said, Not The Footy Show is back our recording tonight. Mm. And we're happy to take the grand total of zero questions that you'll post in the comments below. Yeah. Uh, the reverse psychology worked. I got two questions. Wow. Uh, the first one is thoughts on Parramatta making the top four. 
I don't care. That's my answer to that, Luke Won't Porter. Happen. Won't happen. <laughs> um, and Troy Schroeder actually he brings up an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tackle by Kurt Baptiste on the weekend that got put on report. Yep. He asks, is that the worst decision in the history of rugby league? No, it's not the worst decision. I saw some shocking decisions this weekend in my son's under-10 game. Whoever the referee was that, that uh, refereed the Norellan Jets and Camden <laughs> under-10As team on Saturday last week, you are a shocker. You're a oh, Barry God. Crocker, mate. You should, give up the, you should give up being a whistleblower. Uh, don't start me. Don't start that's me, the, was that's, it? That's the most controversial thing I think you've ever said. In Mate, that, it, was, it was shocking. You've got no idea. At one stage, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I yelled out to him, what's the What's the penalty count? It was about 14-2 at one stage. Did he go to the bunker? Did he go in his ear? And I think he tried to. He tried. He just couldn't get a connection. Ernie, what's the... Is it four all? Okay, no. no, six four. Okay, I'll, I'll level it up. No yep. clear connection for him with the bunker. I'll tell you what, I wanted to dig a bunker and bury him in it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, look, I, I think the Baptiste one was, uh, well, you know, put it, put him on, put it, putting someone on report isn't such a bad thing. Giving him 10 for no reason, it might be a bad thing. But on report, it goes to the goes to a, a panel of, of worthy judges or, or a couple Don't of them. Start. That, don't start me, Coxman. They look at it and they go, you know what, you've got to come in and speak to us or nah, you're sweet. Uh, I didn't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. All I will say to you, everybody, as we wrap up this segment, is have a look at the tackle that Sia Soliola made on Billy Slater. Then have a look at the tackle that Aiden Fanua Blake made on Cooper Cronk. And, uh, yeah, come back to me. Um, that's all I will say. That's the show, Foxmith. We're done. I think we're done. Yep. We're done. I think it's, we've got in there. It's going to be close to an hour, this one. Yeah. I don't know how we ended up going that far. The, the feedback was just tremendous. It was good, yeah. It was good. It was really good. It's, um, you know, uh, any night we don't talk about, you know, brown beavers or, or golden whatever. Oh, did you see the rest, of that, the rest of the run sheet, did you, mate? Yeah, if we go down to the uh, the awards section. We can probably talk um, about that next week. We can probably talk about that next week. Seriously. We can. Well, I will say that it's very interesting out yeah. of all the stats that I put together. Yeah. Uh, the Golden Brown, which is my favourite of the awards, which mm. is the top points single game. Yeah. Gareth Witter has now been joined by Nathan Cleary. They've both got 22 points in a game. Future New South Wales halfback, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusively <laughs> picked by me two years ago. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Witter has the second and third most uh, points in a game with 20 and 19. I just find that interesting that um, he's got... Three games this year over 19 points in a single match. That's wow. pretty impressive. That is, yep. That's worthy of the Golden Brown, is basically what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Whatever, you think. whatever you think, mate. <laughs> I've been me. There you go. Yeah, I'm Rob Cox. Yeah. You can follow Rob at R-O-B-B-C-O-X. I'm at NRL Tweet on Twitter. Uh, he's on Instagram as well. Uh, we are facebook.com slash NRL podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If it's the same thing, I don't know. Mm. Uh, give us a review. Uh, that would be great. Uh, we will save the one review that we do have until next episode. Save it. Because uh, we've had um, him also give us a question tonight. But please, jump on there. There are these amazing hats. If you're a Queenslander, I'm telling you, you'll want one. It's actually the Canterbury brand. It's not some cheap knockoff. It's actually a, it's a nice hat. That's all I'll say. Beautiful. And uh, we'll speak to you uh, next week on Not The Footy Show. Yes. See you then. Perhaps, eh? Not The Footy Show. Show. Hey, um, quick question. What happens if Matty Tuckett from Nantucket wins the um, wins the best comment award? He's living in in New, in New Zealand or wherever he's living. We're not flying him here, right? Uh, uh, I'll send him a doggy bag. 
We'll just take a photo yes. of a bunch of ribs that have been eaten yeah. and just say, wish you'd been here. Send him, um, a, send him a friggin' second-hand Queensland hat and a doggy bag. Not the footy show. Uh, just finally on the footy show, I think it's uh, pertinent, for, pertinent for us to recognise the amazing broadcasting and, and life of uh, Liz Murray. Uh, he passed away today at the age of 71. Uh, he was someone, and Cocksmith, I'm sure you're the same, who was a bit of a, um, a figure as we, as we were growing up and, and seeing him host a lot of World Cup broadcasts in the stunning low definition of SBS Sport. Uh, I think he was a, a bit of an icon um, for broadcasting and um, we're so th- both sort of into that sort of area, roughly. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on the great career of Les Murray? Les Murray's a legend, mate. He was um, the voice of, of soccer in Australia for so many years. And, um, yeah, I don't think that there was a, um, a better anchor, caller, um, main man for a sport um, than, than, than Les Murray. Yep, great man. He, Met him a couple of times too. Had, really good. He had some had a gravitas to him yep. that you just respected what came out of his mouth. He didn't demand it. Yep. He just had it. And um, there's a lot that you could learn from from him seeing what he did over the years. Another thing you've got to remember, everybody, is that the the production values that we see today, he didn't operate in those. Mm. Uh, it was generally just the knowledge that he had and uh, his presence on screen that that carried many of those World Cup and, and other programs around uh, football and soccer and, and the rest of it that just, you know, you take your hat off to him and you say it's a, it was a great career and I think an inspiration to a lot of people and, and genuinely the first point of call that a lot of people, particularly in sort of our um, generation, Cocksmith, who would have known what football was because of, of, of what Les Murray brought to the, the screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a very long, long distinguished career with um, uh, with SBS. And, uh, yeah, mate, he, it, hats off to him. Fantastic job, Les. And welcome to USA 94. Good evening. Welcome to France 98. You're a soccer fan. There's a pretty good chance you'll have to put up with my face on this screen more often than you think. Not the show. Pepsi.